Right, good evening, hello and welcome to Forever Rugby on Forever Sports. It is, uh, as you can see apart from here, a bit of a chilly week down here in, in South Africa. Myself and Rizzo are all uh, uh, covered up. Uh, Rian's coming back from sickness, so he's just, he's embracing the elements. And then, Chris, it must be getting much warmer for you, to be fair, that side of the world. Yeah, not really, but we had our first... <laughs> <laughs> but we had our first big thunderstorm of the summer, which I love. So it means that the seasons are turning. So oh. I enjoyed that. But actually, not seasonally warm as it should be. Actually, okay, I'm well, sure it will come. It's yeah. It's at the moment the the, the driving weather has been very emotional. It's it's we wake up and it's freezing, and then gets up to being in the twenties, and then it's cold and even. Awesome happening here. But um, yeah, chaps, lots to get through. A very interesting weekend of rugby and. Uh, yeah, it's good to have Rion back. It's good to be back on a Thursday night after we had technical difficulties last weekend. Had to move it towards Friday. It's also good to be back on the main channel, um, which yeah, we had a, we had a couple of difficulties last week, um, which is why there wasn't as much live content as we'd like. But this weekend, back to the URC, back to so many different uh, watch-alongs and competitions. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but first of all, Chris, I think I think we, I think we owe you a, a congratulations because our, uh, our, our the basic seven is going quite well. I believe another victory last weekend. Yeah, that's all that matters. Stuff the side breaking losses as long as the bets are coming in. <laughs> well, that's all go. that matters. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, just yeah. yeah More profit nice day is what you are. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it's been good, as you said, Stephen. I've got some more bets for the guys later in the show, so hopefully we can keep building. Yeah, no, cool. Good to, good to see. So as you see in the top right corner of the show, it's been brought to you by Cozy, who are the official betting partners and help us power rugby uh, on the channel. So big shout out to, to Cozy Again, if you if you want to jump on uh, the betting advice that, that, that Chris does give, and, and as we will show you a bit later, it actually has been coming good, quite good so far. You can go and click the link in the description and go and sign up um, for a Cozy account we will be giving away free bets and stuff like that throughout uh the uh, the weekend stuff like that throughout the rest of the month so so plenty to to come there but uh let's talk a little bit about last weekend shall we because uh a week ago i think i believe uh chris and i will verify when Risa when Risa comes back um but i believe that we had basically Sorry. welcome back Risa. i think the three of us had backed the stormers to get the job done against exeter um, providing the conditions were good, which they actually worked quite. And I backed the Lions to get the job, which actually turned out not to be the wildest shot, because I think they were they were definitely in with a chance. But reason will come to you. Uh, three South African games, three South African losses, a step too far, a lot of excuses going around about travel and stuff like that. But I think at the end of the day, what I was saying is I think quarterfinals is probably about where we are as sides. Um, the travel and the logistics are always going to catch up at a point. And um, but I don't think I don't think we should be ashamed of our first campaign in Europe across both the Champions and the Challenge Cup. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's you've hit the nail on the head there for me. And um, there is a lot of whining and groaning going on um, and a lot of defense from the European media, especially about um, how much, you know, we, we've moaned about it. And, and to be very fair, I think that we were, I played um, all across the board, unfortunately. Um, and it's just turned out that we we just weren't good enough. And and to be very honest, uh, there's a lot of excuses about lethargy and management of schedules and refing and all sorts of nonsense, which we'll, we'll get into in a little bit. But um, at the end of the day, like you said, it's not a complete blowout. Um, I think that going into it, realistically, we were all expecting um, the other European sides to be better than their respective South African matchups. Um, and I think it's turned out exactly exactly how it should have, to be very honest. Um, and, and if we had got any of those results, it probably should have been seen as an upset. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, like I, said, I think the big thing, obviously, being that every single um, home team basically won last weekend, uh, sort of highlighting the, the home guard advantage. Um, but the Lions were, you know, as usual, you know, holding the South African, uh, you know, flag high and, 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 and boldly trying to go with other teams didn't go. Rian, we'll go to you. Uh, close but no cigar. But to be perfectly honest, I look back at that and think that's actually one that got away, apart from, as opposed to us not being good enough. You know, we you look at the stats, you look at the, the way we played in the game, and the Lions definitely could have won that game. Yeah, it's uh, it was great to see them put up a good fight. They they defended much better than uh, their compatriots, that's for sure. Especially um, Glasgow, the way they've been playing, they wouldn't be out of place in the in the big boy competition in, in the Champions Cup as well. So. I was uh, proud of the way that they came along, but as well, same as all the other stuff, it's an away game. Uh, it looks like home advantage in the competition of everything. 
and uh, it was just maybe a bridge too far. I think just one flight too many uh, and uh, one game too many. And also the, the Glasgow Warriors had a lot of their internationals back and fresh. And I think we did pretty well. Would have liked to win, but we, we can be proud of, of where we got to. I don't think anyone expected the Lions to be in the in the knockouts. Yeah, look, I think, and, and, and it's interesting that, um, you know, we talk about Lions being the knockouts, stuff like that, and now we're going to talk about, you know, the theme of the show, we're going to talk about it a bit when we start look this weekend, is obviously going to the playoffs, and they're in there with a little bit of a shout, but, um, yeah, but uh, Chris, from you, you know, how much can, how much, how, what, what positives can we take away? You know, we talked about the experience of, of playing in these situations, playing in these sort of playoff games, stuff like that, and maybe something that a lot of these teams haven't done enough recently, um, but how much can we look at this, entire sort of tournament of the last couple of months and how much value do you think that's brought to our unions and to to South African rugby in general yeah i think i might be a little bit more negative here i think it's just too it's too much to ask to play urc and this competition i i i know we're not doing so it's an excuse but the, it, it's too much you could see our teams our teams ran out of steam and i, I think one thing i noticed quite quite hectically was uh, Dobbo before the Exeter game, he basically said they hadn't trained. They had no preparation. And I'm thinking to myself, big quarterfinal game, you had no preparation as a rugby player. You can't go, you can't come in raring to go, you know? So I think for us, Stormers was also just very bizarre, everything about that game and how they looked. Sharks came out firing, which Stormers didn't, but they also ran out the legs. And of course, yeah, the Lions, <laughs> I think they're better away side than home side. They give, seem to give up a good fight. And Glasgow are a very decent team at home. I think it, I enjoy it. I, I love the Heineken Cup. I think the semifinals are the right teams there. But I don't know if it works us having to play these two competitions going back and forth seven, eight times a season. I think it's, I think to me, it's ridiculous. I, I want to, I want us to be there, but I don't know. How, I don't have the answer, Steve, how we sort that out. Yeah. I think, look, I think, I think a big thing is, is a lot more money so that, you know, you talk about, I said, Dobbo not having the training sessions and that was largely due to all of the, the travel issues that, that the students had. And you said, that sort of, it's, it's an interesting one to try and get right because, you know, it is a long haul flight, but at the end of the day, we've got to try and move to a situation where it doesn't where it doesn't have to be a long haul flight. You know, if you know who your opposition is, let's say, you know, you play on a Friday night, by Saturday it's confirmed, you know, we need to be in a position where these teams are ready to fly out on a Sunday or Monday night and be there first thing latest, first thing Tuesday morning. So that you've got a full Tuesday to recover, Wednesday and Thursday, Friday, you can have a training session Wednesday, Thursday off, and the captain's out on Friday. So I think that the logistics obviously do seem to be the biggest obstacle. Um, so, and it's it's a frustrating reason. Um, and you don't want to talk about it too much, but yeah, I agree. I think at this, yeah, at this yeah. stage, it's just not working with 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 the, the, yeah, the twenty four hour journeys, fire guitar, various different places. It's it's getting far too, yeah. it's far too onerous to be spending two three days traveling. And and you know, as I said, I think Storm has only left on Wednesday or, or Tuesday night. I think it was late Tuesday. I think yeah yeah. yeah. But they got there that one day that Thomas said they didn't have a, that rundown session, not even a training session. And I think yeah, you guys, I'm sure you guys all played sport, right? I mean, when you're preparing for that big derby game on the weekend against your rivals, you, that whole week is big. And if you're like worried about flights and airports and cramped up in economy and half, how can you be ready for a big quarter final like that? I'm not, I don't want to make an excuse, but Stormers didn't, Stormers didn't want to play that game. I don't know. Something for me, something was worse than the travel in that squad on, on Saturday. I don't know if it was missing Dion for real or what, but the body language was just so bad. Very strange. Yeah, it was a very uncharacteristic Stormers performance because um, they're not a side that usually lie down and give up and they just they were never at the races throughout mm. the entire game. Mm. Which is sad because I think that if they were at the race, I think they could have given Exeter a good go. Look, I do think Exeter played particularly well. I thought that they, yeah, know, I've watched a couple, a couple of times and it wasn't the same sort of exercise that I had seen. So, Sometimes you do just come right at the right moments uh, and make a bit of a late charge. But um, watch, watch Exeter beat um, what's his name and <laughs> make it to the final. Yeah, you can see. The way they've been going. Dare, dare to dream. Stuart Hobbs retiring. This is his last campaign. He magically goes and wins uh, wins the Champions <laughs> but, Cup. But 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 the ironic thing is Exeter was supposed to be the tired team right after that yeah. mammoth game against Montpellier, yeah. and it was us that yeah. looked like we played three games two hours before. Yeah, I just, I mean, yeah, just to lump on that, I just think that, like, I, I know it's a home game for them, but at the end of the day, it's it's not always going to be that situation, and everyone's going to have to travel at some point, and, you know, we wanted to be there, 
So mm. the excuses can't come from us. We, we yeah. can't, we cannot sit back and say, well, oh, you know, it was the first campaign and you got it wrong or whatever. Cause that's not what the stormers are doing. They're simply saying, well, oh, all these things went against us. And I said, well, take a bit of accountability, you know? <laughs> I think Dobbo say, said he won't blame travel. He no, said Dobbo, he, Dobbo was he very, very clear. He basically came out yeah, and said, no, we, said, no, yeah. tactics were wrong. I let the team down. He didn't no, say that, well, I mean, but what I mean is that it should be more forthcoming than that and go, well, Actually, Dobbo, you didn't just get that. There wasn't just a case of like, oh, a couple of flights went wrong and we were late. It's, you guys stuffed up. Like, you actually stuffed up the yeah, train as a, from a logistical point of view. You messed up. And and so while you're not blaming the travel, you can say that it was a factor and a personal mm -hmm. stuff up on your side. But, but I think, guys, we haven't traveled well the whole season. Let's be fair. Yeah. I, we said this before. Like, this was. We hadn't. We we were trying to pull the cameras. I said uh, we haven't travelled, so now another one. I we, this was worried me that this was going to happen. Yeah. Not as bad as it did. That was a bit sad to see, but it was really worrying me. Yeah, and I think the whole travelling part is very interesting. And also, it's also interesting enough is that it wasn't just a case of the South African side struggling away from home. You know, all the sides that played mm -hmm. away, all the sides played at home had that home ground advantage. Harlequins got smashed over here. I mean, yeah. It's yeah. To lose in South Africa, would it have gone that same way? You know? Yeah, I mean, Storm, I think Storm is the ex Chiefs at, 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 at the Cape Town Stadium. I, I think it'll be a very different result. So what'll be interesting yeah. then for me is from the, the competition perspective is how many years will we ever be able to get it right where we will be able to play our semifinals here? And will there, because obviously the finals and stuff are often predetermined. Uh, you know, they decide where the venue is before the, before, at the beginning of the season. You know, will we see a Heineken Cup final in South Africa? You know, is, you know, and, and, how long is it going to take for us to start being able to sit at the table and not just be the the guest at the table and actually sit there and say, right, no, actually we're in here, you know, we're bringing you in this competition, we're part of this competition, we want to have home finals, we want to make sure that, you know, if our teams are doing well and, and are getting good seeds, that we can get home semifinals because that's, regardless of just the traveling, that is, at the end of the day, a home final is always going to be a best chance. Look at the Lions three Super Rugby finals in a row. Everyone always looks at the home one saying, that's the one they should have won. And it was the one they should have won. But oh, you got to bring that up. <laughs> 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 or therapy sessions well, now, thanks. <laughs> um, well, I mean, sorry. Sorry, go. Um, just, just from that point of view, I just think that we are not far away from getting that. Um, I think that we, as as the unions came in and said, well, we're happy to play this game for you just as long as you let us in, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, we've come in and we've shown in terms of viewership and the, and the thing that really matters for these guys is the money aspect. Um, and so I think after the successful first season in terms of attendances and so on, um, and maybe two, maybe another two seasons, one or two, and I'm sure that the unions will be sitting down and saying, well, listen, guys, you can see what we're bringing to the table in terms of the stuff that you actually want. Um, it's time we get a seat at the table. I don't think we're going to be sitting here in five years talking about still wanting um, playoff games in South Africa. That's just my view. Yeah. But do you remember the New, the New Zealand sides? I mean, they used to come over, scale a semi-final and bugger off home across the wrong side of the world often. Yeah. You know, they could do yeah. it. So I'm not sure. Stormers why, and why Chiefs. It's yeah. always those two teams. Um, Doesn't matter which competition you're in. Eh? <laughs> the yeah. Chiefs knock the Stormers out in the in the quarters. Yeah. We're just notoriously bad travelers. Oh, well, let's, let's mm. not forget that Cape Town is basically New Zealand home to town territory anyway. So <laughs> you, make a, you make a very good point. But it's an interesting concept, you know, the fact that we don't travel particularly well. What would be interesting for me is if we start seeing rugby become far more global in terms of people not just leaving South African shores and but actually coming back after a few years and I'm hoping we kind of get into that way I've got no issue the players going overseas what we'd like to see is almost a bit like we see in football where once a player goes overseas it's not like oh well, he's overseas it's you could do a two-year stint to the premiership or a two-year stint to the top 14 you can come back to the a couple of years go to Japan and hopefully start seeing a far more sort of globalization where players are jet setters and going sort of everywhere all the time it'll be interesting if that does start to happen if that will help us travel a bit better when you've got players who are not going to France for the first time and players who have played in these various leagues against some of these teams in these sort of conditions mm -hmm. and how that will make, hopefully, because hopefully that's kind of the, what everybody was sort of saying was the, the silver lining of us going to Europe is that people were hoping that we then become a better team in Europe, um, but we're still struggling to, to, to travel there. Um, well, it's, our, it's the first time, eh? Let's, like I said, let's, yeah. let's maybe yeah. two or three years, maybe we adjust, we'd make, 
we get used to it. I think we can do it. Look at the USC. We started really badly, ended up to you know making the finals. So I think I think this is a betting period. This is this was awakening. This was like okay, yeah, yeah. We want to be serious contenders. In this Logistics guys don't know who to talk to at the airport. In, <laughs> <Yeah>. in <front>. <laughs> <laughs> you need this visa. Like what visa? Who's got a visa? What's yeah, going on? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Twenty five years to sort out all those little things in Super Rugby. They get, they're, and, they're looking and, at the size of the heat yeah. and they're just panicking. Like I don't know what terminal to be. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I don't know where. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's far easier to travel to one of the four airports in, in New Zealand. Um, but <laughs> right, so yeah, so the three teams are out, um, and a bit frustrating, but but it is what it is. But now I think you know we turn to the real big thing because at the end of the day, someone made a good point, and they said us being in the Champions Cup is far more about us being in the Champions Cup than actually doing well in the Champions Cup from a financial point of view. You know, being in the competition gives you that financial boost. Um, rather than actually getting to semis or finals and stuff like that. So now we're back in the URC and we've got three teams carrying the top eight. Now, it's obviously not as simple as just saying if you get top eight, then you guarantee qualification Champions Cup because this place is available to um, the winner of the URC. Uh, if, if you if you win the champion, I don't think you know, there's, no, there's no teams that are still in the Champions Cup that are in the URC outside the top eight. Um, but yeah, and obviously, you know, I think, I think it's guaranteed it has to be a well side in there as well. So it's not quite as simple as that, mm. but we do have three South African teams in the top eight currently. The Lions, I think were given by the URC an 18% chance of, uh, of it's of not getting... zero. Right, well, that's, uh, be, that's literally why I went to the article. Cause I was like, what are they, what do they reckon? Yeah. Cause I was like, that's I the same article, yeah. but, um, but now it's, 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 and there's no excuses either. There's two, two weeks of two home games for all, all four um, unions. Stormers are just, for me, I mean, they're, they're basically just making sure they're going to submit that second spot, get that home uh, semi-final, and then if they can win that, uh, get to over and find the event in Ireland. But uh, for the Bulls and the Sharks, well, the Bulls, they won last week in the Curry Cup, but before that, they haven't won a URC game since January. The Sharks, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a bad result against Toulouse, and they won the week before, but they've also had their struggles. Um... Rian, how do you, how do you see how do you see us going going back to the URC here? What what sort of chance are you giving us to to still have three teams in the Champions Cup next season? Mm, I think the Sharks they playing Benetton this weekend. They should well we've said that so many times. Exactly. This year, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they should win this easily, you know, and then they take thirty five points to nil against Cardiff at home. So and and Benetton's on a bit of a run right now. I think they seem basically their strongest team over here. Yeah. They really want to qualify for the Champions Cup as well. I think um, they they are one of the faster growing teams in the in the thing. So the Sharks should win that one, um, and I think they play Munster last yeah. um, at home as well. And Munster has been traveling very poorly, so I'm, I'm thinking the Sharks should be safe. The Bulls they're playing Leinster and Zebra. I think. Zebra is a, is an easy beat. Leinster, we'll see what they do against the Lions. Um, the Bulls haven't been playing that well. Their defense has been pretty poor. So um, I think almost the Lions have a better chance against Leinster currently than the Bulls do. So they are a bit touch and go. Um, and then the Lions, 70% is not zero, but uh, we need other guys to lose yeah. and, and, and that. And I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're doing better than last year, but uh, not good enough yet. Yeah, I think I think with the Lions, I think obviously they have to go yeah. basically and beat Leinster with a with a bonus point on, on Saturday and beat yeah. Zebra. They get ten points and hope that other results go their way. Um, and yeah. it would probably be the most Lions thing ever for us to do that to get into the top eight and then for like Benetton to come ninth and win the Challenge Challenge Cup and yeah. knock us out. Look, I, I think <laughs> a lot of this, a lot of this depends on Cardiff. To be very honest, um, yeah, yeah. And they they sitting they sitting there kind of the the wild card in all of this. With games against what is it, Connacht and, and Ospreys left um, either side of them on the table, and so they get two losses there, and suddenly we're looking at an equation where even if the Bulls don't quite get a result going the way, we still might have three teams sitting in the um, yeah. quite easily, very comfortably, and the Stormers could do us a favour at the top of the table as well with a couple of wins there. Yeah, and Connacht is playing very well, so they should be able to take Cardiff easily. It's it's yeah. the Ospreys who which which Ospreys shows up. Yeah, against Cardiff. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it's now the time which I hate. We have to start bringing out calculators. You have to start looking at like so many different factors on who the hell is going to go through, which all gets a bit complicated and stuff like that. Um, but 
yeah, we're gonna do we're gonna do quick fire predictions at 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 the end. Uh, we've got Carry Cup and URC, so we've only got two competitions. We might have to find something else to do as well. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll make it hard. Yeah. Listen, I've got some I've got some refereeing stuff I want to talk about. So. Oh, here we go. Oh, here <laughs> we go. Okay, so should, should 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 we go to the typical South African referee tangent? Here we yeah. go. This is where all the comments come out in here and talk about how all we do is bash referees. Right, we're gonna go and bash referees. Yeah, referees were all cuck, and this is why the yeah. France are going to win the World Cup. Anyway, absolutely <laughs> not. It's actually not. It's actually not what I what I want to say. It's a, to be very honest. It's, it's twofold. Is there is a lot of outcry about refereeing at this point, um, and obviously citing Champions Cup and recent URC, um, and it's across the board um, at this point. And I totally agree with the sentiment that you cannot blame refereeing for the results in a lot of those games. Um, but I do want to point out some decisions that were incredibly dodgy in that Sharks game. Um, and to be very honest, Sharks didn't deserve to win that. Their second half was terrible. They threw away a lot of opportunities and a couple of decisions wouldn't have mattered. But um, it was it. sorry, let me just get this winger's name correct. Um, it, oh gosh, what's his next name now? I'll find it in a minute. But basically, oh uh, yeah, one, Juan Cruz Malia. Uh, 14 oh, he's, the, he's the Argentine yeah. player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he had a he came running across the line and he was almost stood exactly still and he came swimming across the line and he mistimed it and he went head first into the side of the Pimpy's head with his own head, knocked himself out and was out cold for a little bit and got a yellow card for it. Um, a mitigating factor was that the Pimpy apparently changed direction. When he changed direction, it was a bit of a stutter step. It wasn't exactly like a huge Chesson Colby sidestep. And that was an apparently enough to say, no, 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 definitely not a straight red for head on head contact, no wrap of the arms, nothing. This guy just went flat out, crashed into it. And I was sitting there going, and I, I even messaged, I mean, Rion responded to me on the day and was like, well, I was like, guys, what do you think about this yellow card? Like, well, <laughs> frankly, if that was a South African team, I can almost guarantee that's a straight red. You know, and oh, yeah, yeah, I, here it comes. Oh, oh the, the, the world hates theories, yeah. Oh no, get the rest of the video out. I don't think we'll see I don't reds. Care. I don't care. I don't care. Reds in the in the knockouts. In, I just don't. I actually, I actually just don't. Well, I, I, you know, if you say so, real. I mean, but if I come across and I flip and hit button oak, and he had a stutter step in a game where it's all about changing direction. And that's apparently enough to get you down from a red to a yellow and then come on and score a hat-trick. Um, that's kind of annoying. That's just my view on it. And I think that the quality of refereeing, it didn't even warrant a second look. It wasn't even much of a discussion between the TMO and the ref on the field. Um, I just think that refereeing in general, not because of the South African team, but refereeing in general at this point is looking quite dire. And especially in a World Cup year, it needs some investigation. The thing with the refereeing conversation is it's such it's such a twofold conversation because how much blame do you put on the refs? How much blame do you put on you know the the change in laws and stuff like that? And the biggest thing is I suppose the inconsistencies, and that's what always the issue is: is that you see a decision and you sit there going, "Okay, cool, so that's the yellow card," and then you, you, you watch the next game, the same thing happens, and you're going, "Oh, well, that, why is that a red card? Why is it a yellow card?" So there's no doubt there's a, that there's a lot of discrepancies in it. And to be honest, I think. The, the fact that the refereeing is such a big topical issue and the fact that it's such a microscope, which is why I think it's such a masterstroke that Nigel Owens is going to join the box coaching squad. I think that is one of the most... I thought that was off the table. He said no. Oh, he said no. He said I'm going to I got it up for like four days. Yeah. To turn them down <laughs> yeah. now. Now we'll find another one. Yeah, he said he's, he's got other work and he's starting a family. They're adopting a kid or they're trying to. So We'll um, send him a staffing kid. <laughs> <laughs> What's the issue here? <laughs> you can come and choose one from like Paul Kim or something that's going to be a yeah. paper I have to find another, another ref with we'll good chips but, mm. uh, but a lot of referees are joining coaching staff which I think is quite an interesting development um, yeah no the French have one on, on, on the payroll as well yeah so it's going to be an interesting it's going to be an interesting um, year from a, from a ref I, I, look I do think that World Rugby need to take a lot of accountability in terms of maybe a lot of inconsistencies with the way either the laws are being um written or or, or or termed or or how the interpretation is going uh but i think the biggest issue is that there's just doesn't seem whether it's too complex or whether we're not actually bothering ourselves to get to to go spend the time getting into the gritty at the end of the day your average safe your average fan does not understand why this what is what is the yellow card and what is the red card these days and that's makes for unpleasant viewing 
Did you see that mm. the call against the Reds lock Angus Blythe? I think that was Angus. the most ridiculous. You got a three week ban. A three week ban. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, besides all that, the process to get him to Red. Did you see that? Where the ref was like, okay, that looks pretty bad. Yellow card. He goes and sits down. And then a TMO, not yeah. the main TMO, they have a separate TMO, has eight minutes to check the footage while the game's going. Yeah. And wow. then he can upgrade it to a red. And that's eight what minutes. happens. They called him. Yeah, yeah. He's got eight minutes in the upstairs to review the footage. And then he can tell the guy, okay, he radios the ref, tells the ref, okay, no, this is bad. Make it a red card. And then the ref tells the guy, okay, you can't come back on the field. Your yellow is now red. And is that, that, is that a super rugby method? Yeah, yeah, that's a super rugby yeah. method. But they, they're looking at bringing that they, into the World Cup potentially. Apparently they're having a Yeah, they want to bring it in the World Cup so that the ref doesn't have that time pressure of looking yeah. at a big screen on mm. the field, the crowd's paying for blood. Yeah, they being booed by the French crowd and all the yeah, yeah. stuff like that. So, so a TMO in a box upstairs looks at it while the game carries on, and then they say, okay, it's a yellow store yeah. or it's a red now. And I think so it's eight, I, minutes, I, I, it's eight minutes for Bismarck to proceed to tear three other guys' heads off. No, no, no. Um, so he's already off. No, the guy's the yellow card while he's sitting on the bench. And I think also, if he reviews it and within like four minutes can go, and say um, it's not a yellow card. I think they can actually, well, I think they can actually see it. Yeah. Uh, and stuff. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they sort of, um, if they do implement that, that, that sort of thing, I quite like. And, and I've always said, you've got technology, yeah. let's use it. And then it's kind of been an overuse of it where they're now going back 45 phases to go and see if there might have been a potential forward pass, you know, yeah, a type thing. And then it becomes a very tiresome. Uh, thing, but um, yeah, so I think the referee conversation is going to be one I think it's going to come up a lot this year. I'm very excited. It's never going to go away. No, we're all talking circles no. every week. You just got to accept it's part of the game. Human error is part of the game. That's but that's, but I, really, I agree with you. But that to me, that's the other part of this game is like people say, Oh, let's not talk about the referees. I'm like, How can you not, though? They are a part yeah. of the game. There's nothing wrong with having a discussion about it. It just depends how biased you actually are. <laughs> well, I, I still maintain, I'm going to put my neck out, that a big game in the World Cup is going to have a very controversial referee decision decided. I'm, I don't know, my, I'm, I'm betting that it's going to be France, but I'm telling you now, a big mm. game a big game is going to be decided on a controversial decision. And that's going to be oh, sad. But, <laughs> yeah. but I suppose that also comes back to sort of the whole home ground advantage that you're always, you know, that that's kind of, that's why home ground advantage is so important. And not just obviously the World Cup would be in France, but for... Things like having that 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 home semi final where you know you're in that high pressure but, situation but, all kind of feeds into each other, doesn't it? But yeah, but Steve also in the, in the France game, uh, Sharks game, did you guys see when uh, the Pimpy scored and then the replay got shown over and over until the ref blew the forward pass? Yeah. Exact same thing happened to Toulouse. Not a single replay in sight. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Just say. No, there's, there's, there's lots of calls. That it happens here as well. well. Yeah, but yeah, but that but that's not that's not human error. That look that's. No, that is, yeah. Victor Matthews stuffed up a little bit because he came on and said, you know, if this was super sport, we'd do the same thing. You know, we'd also show. Yeah, the, exactly. Uh, I don't think. Well, there we go. Well, but that's. Uh, I was at Ellis Park. When was it? 2014. Kano hit. Who was it? Lambie or something in the head or Skulk going down in a tackle. I was in Ellis Park. That big screen, both sides, was on repeat showing that head contact. Till the ref yeah, stopped yeah, the game yeah. and said, okay, Yeah, well, fair, well that's then it's fair enough. Yeah. I'm all shocked that those big screens are working, to be honest. <laughs> they are working. I'll be at Ellis Park this Saturday, you guys. Oh, ah, there we go. Rian can see how it's going. That's an interesting conversation because there's now been calls to have neutral um, television crews as well to, to not have. Mm. You know, so if it's, so if it's a rugby World Cup in South Africa, Supersport will not be the broadcaster. Uh, yeah, that makes will, sense. Or even, or even just a neutral yeah. TV director, for example. So the Super Bowl cameraman can all be there, but uh, yeah, yeah. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> you know, we need we need the captains just need to do a code and shout into the ref's mic. You bloody Super Bowl! Yeah, yeah, literally. Oh, they should, they should, you bloody watch. bastards! <laughs> bloody hell! <laughs> Still moment, yes. Go full Coley on the mic stump, uh, yeah, the yeah. stump mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember that Super Bowl, you cheated! It's, it's still the best meme ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but let's move on to this weekend, shall we? Because uh, there's a lot of rugby. I'm going to do some quick fire predictions. And Rion wasn't here last weekend, so we have to put him on the spot for them. I got all of them right, in case you guys were wondering. Oh, uh, there we go. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 we go. Okay, we go cool. two for two. Um, but before then, we're going to go to our betting segment. We're going to bring Chris in here. Chris is going to give us some okay, more cool. winning bets this weekend. 
That is what happened yep. last week as well as a uh, season record and tonight's bets. Chris, over to you. Take us through this. Yeah, guys. So we had last week, if you remember, we had two bets. We had the multi with four legs. We had the Bulls to win, which they did uh, in the Curry Cup quite comfortably. Blues to win, which they did very comfortably. Leinster raced to 20, which hmm, Leicester were giving them a game, but I always thought 20 points was enough into the game that they were pulling away by then. And Claremont plus 5.5 uh, got close. Claremont's been doing French things. They should have actually really won that game. They're down to, to 14 early in the first half as well. But anyway, the, the, the point spread covered. So we won that bet and was quite bullish on the Bulls on the single to win against Greekers. And it turned out to be too much class against um, that Greekers side. So yeah, we got up another couple of units. So we up um, the record five and two, five wins, two losses to six unit wins. So it's quite a nice return on investments that we currently ticking over with. Um, so yeah, I've come up with some bets again for the weekend. So this is obviously all through bets ZA and what uh, markets I currently have available um, to look at up until showtime, up until showtime. So. At the moment, I'm going to still keep the units quite low. I think I still want to just keep building this up and then we can maybe take some bigger risks on, on higher, higher odd multis in a few weeks' time. But the first one, which I really like, which you want to call it my or banker, if you want to call it, or the surer thing, is uh, 1.5 units on overs in the Pacifica versus Reds game. Um, you know, they're playing in Pacifica, so it's going to be quite a Samoa, so it's going to be quite a game, quite an atmosphere. And both teams, um, I, I, I don't think they have defense coaches or even practice tackling. So I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that 52 should be covered. The only thing that could go against us is, is um, the conditions because they haven't played there and it might be muggy. I, I haven't seen what conditions would be like there, but I'm still pretty confident on previous form lines that over 52 goes uh, covers. Brumbies are at home to Fiji and Jura as well. Brumbies at home are just very, very solid. Jura uh, away are not very good at all and they're leaving some of their players behind so the cap is 20 so we're saying yeah that brumbies minus 10 is means brumbies will win by more than 10 and a half so you'll look for the alternate cap line as we discussed a few weeks ago um at a lower price so we're saying yeah brumbies to win by more than 10 and then gloucester play bath at home tomorrow night um i just 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 the the way the season going home team as well gloucester at home they've got more to play for in the log position Bath had a very, very good win again against Exeter a few weeks ago, but they've had the break in between. Say, Gloucester had a very good win against La Rochelle. So I just, I just think they are the, they are the better side, and a home win year should come in. I think Bath will be better than we expect, but I'm very confident that less that Gloucester wins. So that's a that's a treble. That's a treble at 2.39, which you can currently get at that price on Bet.coza. But assuming we have one a few units, I am going to stick my neck out on a bit of a bigger one, not on a on a big unit stake at this stage. But um, I've decided to go with this one because I'm quite confident on these points coming in. Uh, Brumbies over 40 team points is one leg. So we need Brumbies to get more than 40. I'm thinking that Brumbies could probably cover 50, get close to 50, maybe cover 50. Again, we've just spoken about the Reds and Pacifica over 58. That's the we talked about the line cap, which is the the middle, the 50-50 uh, handicap that bookies give it. It's at 62, so we're still under the line cap at 58. I still think this game goes to 65 more points. Um, if things should should go well, and then I I just be honest, I think if Bulls Zebra bottom of the log, Bulls are still playing for their spots. Uh, I think. Bulls win by 50, yeah, to be honest. And yeah, we say Bulls minus 23 and a half. So they're to beat Zebra by more than 23 and a half. Um, that's the line cap, actually. So the bookies are actually saying that Bulls win by 24. I'm saying that Bulls are going to win by 40. Um, and that comes to 5.46 at, at three quarters of a unit. So it's a little bit late. It's obviously half of the unit stake that we, we do in the first bet. But obviously, if it wins, we get 0.75 times those units. So it'll be a very nice profit if that comes in. I'm very confident on the first one to arrive, um, which still means we'll make a small amount of profit. But if we get that second multi, we'll be really well in A4 way onto a nice profit record. So, yeah, best of luck if you tail in. And um, yeah, very, very, pretty high confident that these should arrive. Maybe one will get close, but I'm, I'm confident that we, they're all going to be very close or definitely winners. Where can I might drop my house on the, my car on the on the second one and uh, 
<laughs> yeah, but we say, like I said, as I said, guys, unfortunately, at this time of the day, there's other games that I would be probably looking at, which I'll probably put in these, which I'll be more confident to bet more. But because we limited to the Friday games and some Saturday games, I don't want to risk too much at this stage until we've got a nice, a nice kitty. So perhaps we could take more risks. So like we say, we'll make an arrangement that I could get bets out to you guys on Fridays or Saturdays as well. Yeah. Right. Well, um, uh, if I, you, you do put some bets out on uh, on Twitter at the, at the Crow Tips there. So that's uh, right. Yeah. There's my idea. Yeah, there's my my my, yeah, my handle. So yes, I do post a couple of multis and trebles every week, or even a line cap, whatever I feel strongly about. So yes, if you want more. I'm pretty active over the weekend, giving us more trebles and, and doubles and some other tips. Yeah, so sure, that'll be good. Oh, there we go. Well, there we go. So that, that's our that's our that's our, our, our betting tips for the week. As always, a big thank you to Chris as well as to Bet uh, Koza for um yeah for 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 for, for being our betting partners and, and powering the betting segment stuff like that. Uh, if you have any questions, that for Chris as always, you know, put them in the comments stuff yes. like that. Yeah. Um, and we can revisit them. As well, and also I just say if any if anyone wants to ask me any questions on Twitter, direct message me if you want. If the lines do move, if you see this in the morning, you'll probably go there. You might not get the same price and and numbers. Um, if you are willing to make a bet, give me a shot. I'm happy to help out recreate that bet for you. Give you advice, so not an issue. What a legend! Cool, thanks, Chris. <laughs> and, uh, we'll, 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 well, no worries. Yeah, he says what a legend now. We'll use it in a week's time after we see <laughs> if they hit or not. Um, well, well, we'll still be up, so that's why I'm feeling a little bit more, you know, hey, spicy hey, this week. Hey. Also, <laughs> yeah, little, I also like to live danger. Yeah, a little bit on the edge, but yeah, we've got a little bit. So yeah, if these, but if these come home, it will be be ace, and we'll be well away. So it'll be good. All right, cool. I love it. Right, so thanks so much, Chris. And then we've got about five minutes left. So uh, what I want to try and do is I want to put I want to put some people in the spot here, and I want to do some some quick fire predictions. We did it last week, and. Uh, it was fun. Now the problem is we've only got uh, two competitions really to look at. Uh, unless uh, Chris, you back yourself to the Premiership. Yeah, I can do Premiership or Super Rugby. Let's do it because I don't watch either enough of either to 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 do either. So, <laughs> well, I would say well they're both my favourite comps. They're the ones I follow the most closely and oh. has my money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. so, so which, which, super rugby. which one do you want? Let's do you want Premiership quick fire? Do you want Super Rugby quick fire? Super rugby. Super, Super rugby. Okay. Rion, we're gonna give you your C. All right. And then Reese will give you the Oh, oh really? Have <laughs> <laughs> <Damn> it. <laughs> Come on, you gotta gotta gotta, gotta make things interesting. Uh okay, well, I wasn't just I was better go before me. What does quick fire mean? Explain. Basically, I don't like, want you to explain, I don't want you to justify, I just want you to tell me who's winning by how much and that's and then we judge you afterwards. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um <laughs> Although, Chris, I see there's only about four Super Rugby games this weekend. Yeah, so give me English Premier if you want as well. I'm not, I'm not okay, shy. I'm not we'll afraid. start with Let's you. We'll do four Super Rugby. Then we're we'll going to be on anything. And then we'll go back to the Premier. <laughs> and then we're going to and then, and then give, um, <laughs> give Reason Top 14. And then Rian, I'm going to give you Pro D2. And we'll finish with Chris doing some Japanese Top League. Uh, and then maybe we'll do some Major <laughs> League Rugby. Yeah. Whichever team Villarreal plays for wins. There we go. Yeah. At Blah, yeah. Off, by the way. Continue. <laughs> Okay, Chris, are you ready for your full Super Rugby game? Yeah, let's go. Okay, so let's tomorrow, go. six o'clock in the morning for us. Morning Pacifica versus the Reds. Uh, Reds by seven. Reds by seven. Okay, then Brumbies versus the Drua. Brumbies by 45 to 50. <laughs> Sorry? Brumbies? By 45 to 50 points. Okay, Hurricanes versus the Chiefs. <laughs> uh, Chiefs well, by three. Chiefs by three. Nice close oh. game. Then Waratahs force. Waratahs by seven to ten. Seven to ten points. Okay. <laughs> uh, I love, I love, I love that Brumby's duo. That, that's all that's a, that's the kind of stuff i'm in for. <laughs> that's the kind of confidence i like to see you're gonna know the draw you'll see it <laughs> they might, actually, might actually have to watch the game now knowing knowing that that's the yeah. best, <laughs> a good game uh, uh, just the brumbies are just the draw just gonna battle to live with the brumbies they're just they're, that's the problem they just don't have the structure and the physicality especially away brumbies at home um, these guys, I think Reds, some of the other guys have put 50 past them already. So Brumbies are the best Aussie team. Why should they not do it again? Be good conditions as well. So changes for Jura, 40 plus. 
There you go. You see, you need to score Panthers team when you've got Chris telling us why the Grammys. <laughs> I think you'll have to see. Okay, you've had a taste now, Rihanna. Are you ready for your URC games? Let's do this. Yeah. Okay, Sharks versus Benson. Uh, Sharks by a score, seven points. Seven points. Okay, Glasgow, Scarlets. Good game. Uh, Glasgow by about 15 points, I'd say. Okay, Ulster Dragons. Ulster smashed the Dragons by 25 points. Dwayne is playing. There we go. Okay. Bulls, Zebra. Bulls by five. Oh. Bad four. Oh. I love it. I love it. I'm not, I'm not mad at that either. I'm not mad at that either. Go, go fetch some Bulls back with that. Lions, Leinster. Uh, Lions going to show everyone how to beat Leinster. No one's been able to do it. Though. Come Lions on! <laughs> Okay, this is my heart talking. Okay, that's yeah, fine. The, 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 the head's overrated. Okay, then Stormers, Munster. <laughs> uh, Stormers, Stormers, Blacklash. So, going to be about 12 points to Stormers. 12 points. Okay, then Edinburgh, Ospreys. Uh, Ospreys by about five. About five. And then Connacht, Cardiff. Connacht by 15 against Cardiff in a wet and windy Galway. The oh, dog track. Yeah, no, I like, I like the line shot. I think the Bulls chat is very interesting. I, I actually really like Bulls will be season. far ahead and then Zebra will come back. You'll see it. No, I don't think it's a bad shot, to be honest. I think this Bulls yeah. team actually, I genuinely think that with things that have been in the court, I think this Bulls team actually have it in there to lose that game. With the Ooh, no. I, I think it could, I, it, it, it probably won't happen, but I, I genuinely wouldn't be that shot if it did happen. Because, yeah. The and, defense. Oof. No, well, what defense? That's the thing. No, yeah. Right. I I think for me uh, for me it's zebra. I have no no time for zebra. So if the fools yeah, can't yeah. if they can't then they're then cool fine. Wing. <laughs> uh, but the Italians are up and coming, Chris. Hey, uh, look, yeah. at, hey, look at Benton. Watch watch them. What we're just thinking of win. To be fair, when you say the Italians are up and coming, it's got nothing to do with zebra. It's got everything to do with what's happening over in Treviso. Yeah. Zebra yeah. continue about this much Italian rugby right now. It's just Benton. And then our, our curry cup expert. Yeah, thanks. Old lady of our of our rugby. Right. So tomorrow means sharks bulls up for three. Interesting game. I think it's um, obviously the bulls are depleted this week, so I'm going to go sharks by twelve. Sharks by twelve. Uh, province cheaters. Uh, another interesting one. I think I'm going to go cheaters by 15. Cheaters by 15. Interesting one, because as I said, it is, it is the cheaters full strength side, but fine, back you. Griffins versus yeah. Pumas? Uh, Pumas by 30 to 35. Okay, okay. And then Lions Greekers on Sunday? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm backing an upset here, to be honest, but I'm going to go Lions by 10. Is that the upset, or is this... Uh, the that upset is the upset that I'm pretty sure I'm wrong on that. Okay, just checking what we classify as an upset right now. Yeah. You're yeah. very clear about this. But yeah, uh, I hope that I hope that all comes to fruition. I've gone very safe this week, I think. But uh, boring, maybe Chris tells me a difference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna put uh, Chris's head back on the block with some Premiership rugby this weekend. Um, right, we've got. Also, I need to know he's getting three games this weekend, eh? No, no, wait. Uh, five games. There we go. There's that one. Right. Chris, you ready? Okay. So, Gloucester versus Bath. Gloucester by nine. Gloucester by nine. Bristol versus Sale. Sale by three. Okay. Northampton Oof, versus Saracens. Northampton by two. This one won't be so close. Harlequins will win going away. 12 plus. 12 plus. Leicester versus Exeter. Last game of the weekend. Leicester by seven. Seven. Okay. So quite. Yeah. With, with, with you How many heads will be the bang up? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, heard some, I heard some rumor about. Uh, England possibly doing a wild card for the World Cup and calling up Ruan Ackerman. I don't know how. Um, really? I don't know how true that his is. His knee was exploded um, last weekend, so I don't know if he's going to be able to make it by then. Um, yeah. I don't know why no. they haven't called no. him yet. No, but I, wonder if, uh, yeah. I wonder if this is back news from before the the injury and, and 
yeah. maybe he's missed I think he was talked about it before his injury, but now he's in his brace. I don't know. I'd like to see him, but, to be honest. I, I really rate him. So, and he seems I followed Gloucester. Yeah. They're they my team in, in the Premiership, and he's been a very yeah. good guy for, for years now. Yeah. Um, but also, former Betson point, I mean, I love the, the competitions improve leaps and bounds, even though they're saying it's probably not as strong as they, they're thinking it is. Excuse but um, in terms of from betting angles, like Super Rugby and, and Prem are very good because you pretty much get so, the same sides playing each week. So form lines are much easier to read for me. So that's why I love the English Premier and Super Rugby because yeah. I my betting strategy, some people love the numbers and it's raining and this much grass is on that side of the field. And I, I love the matchup. So if I if I see the matchup right in front of me, it's, I, I call the games much better. So I, that's why I enjoy, enjoy this game. And generally, the trends are quite solid of whether it's going to be high scoring, low scoring and stuff. Um, yeah. I'd love to pick your guys' brains about one last thing before we go, Steve, if that's okay. Um, our, our fellow pundits over at The Breakdown, I don't know how much you guys watch of them, but yeah, uh, it, yeah. um, one of their most viral clips at the moment is the fact that Andre Pollard overrated um, comparisons to Sexton and Wilkinson. And I've just got yeah. to boil it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm steaming a little bit. To be really you can see um, the steam coming up. Yeah, I, I, I was just, I was just, I was like, I'm pretty. I don't know if this is for views or or no, what. No, it is. Yeah, I just, it is. Yeah, it's a very big Sexton versus um, Wilkinson conversation at the moment. Which, which yeah, I saw it. I. Yeah, I, I, I think. I think Pollard's underachieved in his career. I'll be honest. I think yeah. he's. I think he's. He's he never won anything, anything big. Yeah. yeah, he's had his moments. He had his knee injuries, like they all do. He's playing brilliantly. Mm. I mean, if he could just hold on to this form now, yeah. in terms of form Jeez. flyoffs, we arguably, arguably, he could be better. But yeah, as as you want to, yeah, man, like over their careers, I think you can't argue with Sexton at the well, moment. He was the other one they said. Pollard, Pollard's Sexton. Well, I've, I'm seeing, I'm seeing some people going Sexton, some people going Wilkinson. I'm, I'm, I'm with the big Sexton. Oh no, Wilkinson. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Wilkinson <laughs> was a different type of. Diff, Wilkinson was a different. Mm. I'm, I'm in two boats here because I see um, the Wilkinson Sexton argument, and and something that you mentioned, Chris, is something that goes across all sports. There's always this conversation about how much has a player achieved in terms of titles, achievements, all that kind of stuff. Um, to point out that a guy like Tom Cleverly, which is probably a name you don't not familiar with unless you watch Bring United football, exactly. But the man has the man has more league titles than than Harry Kane, and you go well. I mean, that's that's just kind of like well, do we base it on on that? Do you, the fact that you could Look, be part be of the squad with wins consistently or you could be a star player in a team that doesn't perform consistently over and over again which is what i think andre pollard has been and admittedly he's gone through dips which are mostly injury enforced but when he's playing i mean there's no one in the world that really stops him to be in my opinion i don't know I don't. I don't think he's accurate. I think. I think Richie Wrong and Bowden Barrett are clear of all three of them. But you know, that's just my opinion. But if you combine, wastes his head and then drops the bombshells here. You know, now I want to box you. You sit here, disrespect my boy Johnny Sexton like that. You think you're just going to throw in Richie Wrong and Bowden Barrett after the last two years of terrible All Black performances we've seen, and you want me to just sign off after that? I just. But I think they've all had injuries as well. I just feels like even the period of time that Pollard he seems to be around for ages. I don't think he's in that old yet. But I think he's had his dip. Yeah, he's had his dips. Okay, he's won a World Cup. But like Wilkinson and Sex just seem to have had this constant high level mm. thing going. But maybe it's not perceived. I just if I had really rated Pollard, I would have really faulted already. I've been like, no way, he's like up there. But I don't have that conviction to say. He's at that level. I don't. I don't know why. I wish I did. He's Who, who's been South Africa's best, most legendary tens? We don't make Henry Honeywell. Uh, we make nine. Come on, Henry. 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 Come on, Henry.
I mean, no, you saw your South goal clubs, but... make legendary tens. We make legendary nines because we play off nine. Oh, yeah. Box kicks. So we just need a guy who can shuffle the ball on and maybe break their thin uh, head eye tackle. Which I also, I also think you're just not you're not comparing apples with apples. I think, like Chris said, if you yeah. play on form alone, I think that Pollard is definitely up there. If we're talking about overall achievements in the career, I think Pollard's a long way off from finishing his career, and so that judgment is unfair at this point. If he wins another World Cup, but he needs then definitely but yeah but, well, right it's, now it's, it's, it's an interesting world cup coming up because if sexton when it does come back and Ireland do win the world cup i don't think you can argue too much against mm. i mean to first of all he's a world player of the year already irish grand slam at 37 if he wins the world cup at 37 well he'll actually be 38 by the time he goes to the world cup and he was nominated for world player of the year last year at 37 so i'm a big i'm, I'm a big advocate of sexton i know a lot of people he's very Most annoying yeah, and most just, points for Ireland. And just what he does, most yeah. I mean, just and just what he does to the Irish team. So, I mean, I like I like Byrne. I think he's a nice, he's a nice player. When when Simpson plays for Ireland, it's a whole different prospect. It's, it's. I think I think a lot rides on this World Cup. I think you're absolutely correct there. If Ireland crash out in the group stages, we will not be talking about them in the same. And and we go on to win, and and vice versa. We're definitely not going to be sitting here having this conversation. One of them is going to be very obviously on top. Look, at the end of the day, if we don't win the World Cup, we're going to be talking about Finn Russell as the best flyer of all time when he guides Scotland to it. So, <laughs> There's my boy, yeah. You know. That man. <laughs> um, but right, chaps, well, thank you very much. Yeah, we can, we can definitely, we definitely need to pencil a couple of, uh, you know, best tens, best nines, and some controversial picks there as well. Best uh, best captains, for example. There's lots of stuff we must get into, and uh, we'll do that in the coming shows. Uh, because we are, we're actually about to come to a bit of a, Bit of a rugby halt in the next couple of weeks after because after this we're going to the URC playoffs and there'll be fewer and fewer games up until the first international game, which is the fifth of July, which feels like a very long mm. time away. So yeah, enjoy the rugby while it lasts because it's going to get fewer and fewer in the next couple of weeks. We have to really get into even varsity cups coming to an end. Um, mm. So yeah, but chat as always, thank you very much for joining me. There were any comments? Thank you very much. Sorry we didn't get to too, too many of them, um, but uh, yeah, we will see you guys next week. Uh, this will obviously also be available on all your favorite podcast platforms, Spotify, Amazon Music, um, Apple Music, or and the works. So if you'd like to listen to us back in the car, then you can, um, and stuff like that. But until then, we'll be live over the weekend. We're going to be doing all four URC games. I uh, might even throw a couple of Curry Cup games in as well. So plenty of live watch-alongs to come. Uh, thank you very much. Please do smash like on the video on the way out and subscribe to the channel as well. And we'll see you guys all next time.